Welcome to The Mountain Podcast. The Mountain Church is dedicated to helping people love Jesus and the people they encounter every day. Today, you will listen to our most recent Sunday sermon. So sit back, relax, and let Jesus speak to you wherever you may be. And now, this week's sermon. Well, I'm John. I'm glad to be here. I'm from Texas. I uh, love your pastor. Uh, he's, he is a dear friend, a great man of God, and I appreciate the call of God on his life and what he wants to impart to this church. Um, I met him through his mother, Denise Goulet. Love Denise. And I uh, appreciate her life and what God is doing in her. I brought uh, two of the members of Freedom with me or here this weekend. Uh, Christine O'Dell is uh, over a prayer ministry at Freedom. And Lester Bailey is one of our elders, and I'm so happy to uh, have them here. And they came this weekend. We are believing for Reformation and Revival in Las Vegas. The Lord has placed this city on my heart and on the heart of our church. This is one of our mission's endeavors, is to bring revitalization in life and come and pray. Just come and pray over Las Vegas. In June, we'll be bringing in worship leaders from around the nation to write songs over Las Vegas. To, so that you can sing songs over your city, songs of redemption and peace and blessing and revival. So I'm, I'm excited to be here today, excited to be a part of what God is doing. I want to focus today on something. This is so simple. It's a weird little title to this sermon. KFC is closed today. KFP is open 24-7. That's it. So how many times? Y'all have a, a Kentucky Fried Chicken out here? Okay, in Texas, some of them are closed on Sunday, so we, we don't get to enjoy them. But uh, the KFP, that's open all the time, and it's kindness, forbearance, and patience is what we're going to talk about today. Kindness, forbearance, and patience of what God has for this house. I'm going to speak in a, in a few minutes to your financial situation and what God has for you. Um, finances don't make me nervous, and I hope they don't make you nervous. Some people get squeamish talking about money in church. Jesus didn't. Money didn't make him nervous. Let's face it. Why do you go to your job? For a paycheck, right? To make money. It's how we live our life, and it's how the kingdom of God here on earth is built, through the finances he places in our hand to put them in the right places so the kingdom of God can't advance because you're not taking one penny with you. I've preached a lot of funerals, and I've yet to have a funeral with a U-Haul attached to the hearse. Not taking a penny with you. It's all left here. Everything you work for is left here. So, you know, my wife and I, we give away. We, we don't try to have a huge stockpile of stuff. And the Lord has, in the last two years, has doubled our income, and we give more away. Because that's the purpose. And so I just want to encourage this church. The Lord in the first service had me speak to the business owners. I'd like for the business owners to stand. If you own a business, I want you to stand. That the Lord is strengthening you, empowering you, giving you new and creative ideas to expand business, to grow business, and to start new businesses. That's the word for this service. Not only the business you have now, but there are more businesses. And there is a scripture in Ecclesiastes, I believe it's 4-2, that there are seven yet eight ventures that you are to do in business because you don't know 
what's coming. You don't know what's coming financially. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify. Start new businesses. Pray. God has given you the ingenuity to start one. Why not two, three, four, five, six, seven? I have, our family has about nine streams of income coming into it. So if one falls off, we have several more. And we were going to start more. And we have a couple inventions that the Lord has given us. And so as you begin to get creative and you begin to think and you begin to tell God, I want to give more, he gives you the capacity to steward more. And many times that's new business ventures and cre new creations and witty inventions. How many of you are ready for that? So put your hands in front of you, your business owner. Father, I pray that these hands would be busy doing your work. And I pray that they would not sweat. They would not toil. They would be joyful in doing what you've called them to do. I pray for creativity to rise up. I thank you for new business opportunities that will knock on their door and they will say yes. They have a greater capacity. So, Lord, I pray that you would increase their capacity for more. Increase their capacity for more. They've not hit their limit. So I thank you, Lord, that you're expanding them to do more in your kingdom and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You guys remain standing right here. Everybody else be seated. Are you all together? Okay. Thought so. Your husband. Okay. I see um, like a ripple on a pond when a, a rock is thrown into a pond and there's a ripple, then a ripple, then a ripple, then a ripple. You guys get God's attention. I don't know what it is you do, but as a couple, you get God's attention, and he's pouring more and more. The rock is getting bigger. There's a stirring in you that the splash you're making is bigger, and it's getting God's attention, and it's radiating and going further than it was before. And I do sense more businesses, more opportunities, more unique opportunities, opportunities out of left field like that wasn't even on our radar. It's on God's radar. You're on God's radar because he trusts you. And when he trusts you, he extends his hand towards you and gives more responsibility. So I pray great stewardship in your lives. Anointing on stewardship in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so faithful, isn't he? Well, I want to share the scripture I'll be talking about today. It's Romans 2, 4. Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience? Not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. This worship service we had this morning, I love what your pastor did. He came up here and he humbled himself and he shared weaknesses. Lord, just I want to repent of some things going on in me. That's beautiful. That's a leader. I mean, you got a leader right there. That If a leader is willing to say, I'm not all that and a bag of chips, I'm in need of more of God, follow that person. Follow that person because they're headed in the right direction. So I commend you. I commend you, Pastor, for being vulnerable before the Lord, but especially vulnerable before your people. At the end of the service, we didn't do this in the first service. End of the service, we're going to have a time of repentance. Our worship team is going to stay. We're going to minister. And there's going to be repentance that's going to sweep through this room. There's going to be weeping. There's going to be humility. 
you're going to get some things off your chest and out of your heart, and it's going to change the direction of your life. And I'm not just talking to people who have no relationship with God. I'm talking to you. Those of you who know the Lord and are intimate with the Lord, but there are things in your life that he's not happy with, and he wants you to confess them to him and leave them here today. So let's pray that prayer right now. Father, put your hand on your heart. Father, I pray for our hearts to begin to beat in sync with your heart. And I thank you for repentance today at the Mountain Church. Lord, the worship prepared us. The leader of this house prepared us. You've prepared us. So I pray at the end of this service, Lord, there would be an ease of repentance because you're so good to us. You love us so much. Begin to stir with our hearts. Begin to do a work in Jesus' name. Amen. I was going to show a video, and I'm, I'm not going to show the video, but I'll tell you real quick what it was. It's a, a, a vision the Lord gave me eight years ago. It was the United States of America, and uh, churches started imploding. Big churches, big ministries were just collapsing on themselves, and angels were flying out the top like birds, like fleeing. Then a cloud rolled in from California. It was a pink cloud, covered the nation. And it was separation and division that started, I believe, on the West Coast and has come across. While this was still stirring, a yellow cloud came down from the north. It crossed our borders, and it was fear. And it was overlaying the pink cloud, and it was stirring and fomenting. And this fear manifested in COVID-19. Remember, this was eight years ago. How many of you experienced fear in covid it was life or death. One person raised their hand, and you were all scared. All of us, we didn't know what was going to happen. I nearly died in the hospital. It was not a good season. There was racial tension, unrest, dis total disruption of society like none of us living had ever experienced. So, again, how many of you experienced some fear during that season? You're like, what's going to happen? I don't, I don't understand this. We made it through it. But as you know, as a citizen of this nation, the fear did not leave with COVID. There's still this tension and fear that's still stirring in our nation. Of We didn't go back to like it was before. Everything shifted, and we, didn't know, we don't know to what still. In this vision, a third cloud came from the Washington, D.C., New York City area. And it was an olive green, and it, it flowed over the pink and the yellow. And then a fourth one came up from the tip of Florida, another cloud. It was black. So we got black, green, yellow, pink. Blocked out the nation. I had an eagle's eye view, and I couldn't see it anymore. Then out of the darkness, pin lights started shooting through these clouds. And it was uh, really bright lights. And I asked the Lord, okay, what is going on here? The imploding churches, ministries, Families of believers that imploded were the ones that were no longer obeying God and His Word, were rewriting His Word, rewriting His standards and statutes to fit culture. We can't do that. The Word of God is the Word of God, so we agree with the Word of God. I preach the Word of God. When you, you preach the Word of God and teach the Word of God, people have a choice. Am I going to line up with the Word or not? So the Word of God stands. So the angels departing were the glory of God departing from these places that no longer abide with God and His Word. The pink cloud, again, was 
division, separation of this nation, dividing lines. The yellow was the fear. And I did this video, took it to the Assemblies of God, which I'm a part of, shared it with the superintendent. He shared it, had me share it with all the leaders. I contacted and sent the video to Cindy Jacobs, Marilyn Hickey, Patricia King, and Lance Walnow, and got their approval to share this, because I don't want to be this lone island person. We work together. But I said, yes, John, these are the things coming if we don't repent. The third cloud, the green cloud, coming from the Washington, D.C., New York City area is financial disruption. The Lord told me to tell you, and I'm just now announcing during this last two months, we are entering into financial disruption. How many of you sense it? Okay. We're entering into financial disruption. The whole purpose of all these things, we think, why are, why are weird things happening to us now? God loves us. Whom a father loves, he disciplines. We're experiencing the discipline of God. I, if you're like me, you don't like discipline. Who likes to be disciplined? The effects of it are good, but the process stinks because it confronts pride. It confronts what our activity, what we're doing. We're like, I don't want to change. Our nation is saying, we don't want to change. We want to do what we want to do when we want to do it and how we want to do it, and we don't care what God or his word says. That's the attitude of this nation. So God is lovingly bringing discipline to the nation to get our attention. So the division did not get our nation's attention to the point of repentance. The fear did not cause us to repent and say, God, we love you, and we're going to do what you say. So now we're going to experience some financial disruption. The fourth one, if this doesn't work, is going to be communication disruption. We depend on this right now like it's our spleen. Imagine if it just stopped working today. You couldn't get anybody, nothing. It doesn't work. You can't call your loved ones. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what the news is. Your TV stops working. All of it is gone. It's blacked out. You have separation in the nation. You have fear, money woes, and now finance, uh, communication disruption where you don't know what's going on. Ultimately, God is going to get our attention. We're going to get to the place where we're like, okay, God, you're the only way out now. He doesn't want to take us there. I remember some discipline my parents had to give me that they kept ramping it up because I would not listen and change. How many of you experienced that? Yeah, they were like, okay, because you didn't, we told you, now you have to, ah. Uh, that's how we get. It's because the Lord loves us. The pin light's coming through. Even if we go through all four phases, the Lord showed me there's going to be revival. The angels that had fled and flown out the glory of the Lord that had departed from churches and movements that no longer obey His word were in these centers of worship. Thousands of people gathered around a fire worshiping. There were angels fanning the smoke away and angels fanning the flyer of praise and worship, signs, wonders, miracles, salvations, water baptisms, spirit baptisms, powerful things occurring in this nation. Let me tell you, there is a revival coming to this nation, and it's going to sweep the world. It's coming. So regardless of what we go through, we must be ready for what God has for us. So my word to you today is we are in the process of God wanting to get our attention 
But right now our nation is showing contempt. Contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience. He's been good to this nation. This has been the most blessed nation in the history of this world. You have experienced the blessings of this nation. And so now I want to prepare you. The Lord sent me to prepare you to prepare yourself for what is coming. Scripture says he does nothing without first telling his prophets. So he's telling me what's coming, and I'm telling you what's coming, and we're going to get ready. How many of you like to be ready for stuff? You know, some people are like, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Like, are you kidding me? I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's coming, and I want to be prepared. So I'm sent today to prepare you. As we enter into more financial disruption, your key to continue to flow financially is generosity. Three of you said yes. The rest of you are like, wait, if there's financial disruption, I'm going to hang on to everything I have. That's the mistake that people make. They get stingy. They get tight. They pull in instead of open up. I'm telling you, do what is counterintuitive to your flesh. And stop listening to the news. If I can tell you anything, turn the news off, get into the Word. Pray in tongues. Be prepared and be generous. Be generous. So this morning, I asked your pastor if I could receive the tithe and offering. This does not come to me. I'm giving an offering this morning. I'm giving. So I want you to prepare your tithe that you normally give, your offerings. And I know a lot of you give online. They, they have it up there right now. But what I want you to do today is, even if you give online or text, fill out an envelope. And when you feel God speak to you, I want you to come up here and bring your offering. We're not going to collect it from you. You're going to bring it today. So you're not going to, like, mess me up. I hope all of you are generous today. I hope you give the Lord tithe. And on top of that, if this is not your week to tithe, that you would be generous with an offering. It goes to your church to further your church to prepare this church to be a storehouse in the coming climate. Don't you want your church to be sourced? Guess where he's going to source it through? You. Well, I hope he brings us in millionaires. Why can't he make you wealthy? I believe, Pastor, wealthy people are sitting in the pews that don't even know it yet. They're here this morning in the chairs, and they don't know it yet. But businesses, new opportunities, inventions are going to come forward out of this house. I prophesied. I prophesied it in the first service. The, the ownership of businesses by this time next year, if you really plug in and seek God, will double. Do you receive that, church? So we're going to open it up. If you have the Lord's tithe or an offering of generosity, I want you to just come and bring it this morning. As I'm speaking, anytime while I'm speaking, I'm fine with it. Let's look at kindness, first of all. What is kindness? It's the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. You like kind people? A lot of times we equate kind people with weak people. But it takes a lot of strength to be kind to people. Because people are messy. Turn to your neighbor and say, people are messy. <laughs> yeah, people are messy. And I found that kind people get past other people and show them love. You know why? Everybody in this room is a child of God. 
And everybody who's been hiking in these mountains, people who have no need to go to church, who don't want to know God, they're still God's children. They just don't know it yet. And they deserve your kindness. And as you show the kindness of God, even your kindness can lead people to repentance. What do you think about that? The kindness of God in your life can lead people to repentance. Titus 3 says, verse 4, when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. It was the kindness of God and the generosity of God that even swept us into the kingdom. Aren't you grateful for your salvation today? It was the kindness of God that sent his son Jesus to the earth to die for all mankind. It was his kindness. In this first scripture, Romans 2, 4, why show contempt for his kindness? Why don't we get upset with God? Like, I don't want to listen. He's been so kind. Let's look at forbearance. We don't use that word often. It's patient, self-control, restraint. Intolerance. And the second meaning is law, the action of refraining from exercising a legal right. Wow. He's the creator of the universe. There's a heaven and a hell. And he could just say, You all go to hell. God's the creator. But he withholds judgment many times from us because he loves us so much. I want you to think back to the idiotic and stupid things you've done in your life. And aren't you glad for his mercy and forbearance with you and his patience with you? Man, when I think back at all the crazy things I did, Lord, thank you for sparing my life, and thank you for allowing me to still be here and do your bidding. There are so many times he could have come come down hard on me, but he was patient towards me. Romans 3.25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice through the shedding of his blood, to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance or patience, he had left the sins committed beforehand. In Acts 13, 18, for a period of about 40 years, he put up with, say that, he put up with, say it again, he put up with them in the wilderness. Did you know God has put up with us? (laughs) He still puts up with John. I mean, there's still stuff I do that he's like, really? You're going to have that attitude today. You're going to think about that today? Thank God for his forbearance. And lastly, a little stronger than that is the patience. The capacity to accept or tolerate delayed trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. How many of you have trouble with patience? I want you to stand. If you you think... Man, patience is tough. Go ahead and stand. Go ahead and stand. There was a survey done by Barna on the fruit of the Spirit, and it was done, they did one for Christians, and they did one for unbelievers. It just said, what do you think about kindness? How Can you be gentle? Can you be this, that? Did you know the Christians did better on everything except patience? They were at the same exact level as unbelievers. Here's here's one of the reasons I think. 
I've been in church all my life, and I can't tell you how many sermons or how many pastors I'm like, don't, said, don't pray for patience. How many of you heard that before? Don't pray for patience. You're going to be sorry. You're going to be tested. Did you know patience is a sweet fruit of the Spirit? Patience is a gift from God. Patience is extended by God for you to grow you. So patience is a good thing. So we're going to change our understanding of patience today. This book, I've sold out all the other books. I have this one, You Are What You Eat. It's on the fruit of the Spirit. I talk about patience in here, and I call it the watermelon. It takes 100 days for a watermelon to mature. The longest period of any fruit, and you cannot rush it. But when it reaches its maturity, there's nothing like a good, ripe watermelon. You can't replicate it. You can't make it go faster. You can't do anything to it. And that's what patience does in your life. Let it work itself out, and it's going to be tasty, beautiful, and good. So, Father, I pray for an understanding of patience to grow within us, that we would not despise patience, that we would embrace patience. We would be more mature than unbelievers to realize that patience is our friend. Patience is a healthy fruit of the Spirit that you've given to the church, and we receive it into ourselves. And just because we ask for patience does not mean that we have to go through hell. We just need patience in our lives. And so we receive this gentle, sweet fruit of patience in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So this sermon today is so simple. I mean, uh, Lester and Christine could probably tell you this is not my normal sermon, but it's what God gave me for this service. Just lay it out there. And this last scripture, do you show consent for the riches, contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience? I did an, an e-course, and it's called Recession-Proof Finance. I did it several months ago, preparing in case we did not repent like we need to for recession that the Lord told me was coming. And here we are now. It's official. So this e-course is Recession-Proof Finances. It's five declarations and decrees the Lord gave me for my finances that I began to declare in my life, my wife declared in her life, and within a year our finances doubled. Our income doubled. We've had many people that it's doubled. This weekend, the Lord told me, I've never done this. It's $49 to give it to everybody here that wants it. So just fill out a card, and we'll send it to you this week. I believe the Lord is wanting you to be prepared, not to be scared, not to pull back on the Lord's tithe, not to withhold offerings, but to be more generous than you've ever been before. Andrea, I sense shifting all around you, and in your time of shifting, moving, metamorphosis, let generosity swirl around you. Give. Give things. I, and, and seasons of change, it's really easy to get rid of stuff. Let things just fly off, but intentionally get, let them fly in certain directions. Give so expecting return. As you sow seeds into this house, as you've given offerings today, as you give the Lord's tithe, you should expect a harvest. Well, that's kind of self-serving, isn't it? It's kind of called kingdom building. That when you sow into the kingdom of God, you're planting seeds. And what farmer would think, I'm going to plant seeds and walk away and forget about it? Expect 
the handiwork of God to flow in your life as you sow seeds, as you're faithful in the Lord's tithe, as you're faithful in offerings. And I have to say this because the first service had big problems with this, and hopefully you won't. Almsgiving. You know what that is? Giving to people who don't have a job, people on the side of the road, I'll work for food. And we think things like, I know they're going to spend it on drugs. You don't know that. You want to think it. Why don't they just get a job? I have to work. I'm not going to share what I have. I'm not going to give what I have. The Lord has humbled me in that, and I always now try to give to people who are in need. There's a scripture that says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing in regard to refinance. That's meant for those gifts that you give to people in need. Don't brag on it. Just secretly do it. Do it and be done with it. But you know what the Lord says? Money that you give to the poor is a loan to me. Do you think God's going to repay his loan? With interest. You can't outgive God. So I'm going to stand here and confess. I had a big problem giving to people that were panhandling. And people would be out in front of the 7-Eleven. Hey, hey, you got a quarter. I need to get gas. I had a big problem with that. I was very critical. So I'm confessing it. I even would roll down my window and say, get a job. That's so horrible. But that's what I was thinking, so I'd voice it. I'm like, I'm helping them out. They need to go get a job. These people probably have more money than I have. I heard some of you say, right? You know why? Because you're like me. You've judged. Woo! I just hit a wall. Okay, y'all are like the first group. I hit a wall. You know what I do when I come up against walls? Bulldoze them down. So we're going to bulldoze this one down. Because what you do outside this church is a reflection of what you do in here as a body. Generosity has to start outside. So put you on the spot. I put myself on the spot. I told my ugly side, those of you who have a tendency to judge people who are begging for money, stand up. Go ahead. Come on. We're going to, get, we're going to break it today. This is valuable. This is good. It's normal, too. It's normal to feel this. It's just like, I have to go to work every day. I have to do this. Why do they get to get up whenever they want and show up with a little bucket and a sign and people give them money? We get jealous. We get angry. We get frustrated. So I want you right now to say, God, put these people in my path. I'm going to change. Father, right now, put people in their path. Put needy people in their path that are asking for money, and I pray you would give them opportunity. Lord, I pray that they would keep extra cash in their pocket. They would keep chips. They would keep granola bars. They would keep bottles of water, and they would give out to those that they come across in need. And I pray that they would not begrudge it, but they would be used as angels. Use these people standing as angels to minister to the hurting. Some of these are mentally challenged. They can't hold down a job. They're wounded. They're sick. They've had disappointment upon disappointment. So, Lord, use this group of people to do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. I want our worship team to come back. So I want you to imagine, I want you to close your eyes and listen to the Scripture that I'm saying it just to you, not the person standing beside you or someone on the other side of the church. This is just to you. And if you need to leave, leave right now. Otherwise, I want everybody here to stay for the next 10 minutes, okay? So if you need to leave, get your things and, and go.
But in these next 10 minutes, it's going to be a time of sovereign holiness of God. He's going to do a work. Close your eyes. Receive the scripture just for you. Why do you show contempt and aggravation towards the riches of God's kindness, his forbearance, and his patience towards you? Why do you not realize that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Thank you for listening to The Mountain Podcast. The Mountain Church is located in Las Vegas, Nevada, with services happening every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If you'd like to know more about The Mountain Church, please visit us at themtnchurch.com or watch one of our services on YouTube. Again, thank you for tuning in.